go ahead and start my timer. Alrighty, I am C and I am a compulsive overeater and 100 pounder. I qualify to be here and my abstinence date is 7-21-21. So I'm always amazed that I'm asked to speak because I feel as if I don't have all that much recovery. I mean, there are people who've been around for a long time who have all kinds of wisdom, but I have what I have. I have a lot of years in another program, but I learned when I got here that credits do not transfer. I had to start the work all over again, and I wanted to because on some level I couldn't quite figure out how I ended up here. Um, well, there was one bite at a time. And I don't have a sexy uh, overeating story. It's really rather sad. I do not remember eating to my uh, eating to or eating at my feelings as a child. What I remember more than anything is food insecurity and learning to hoard food early on. Um, but it wasn't as much about wanting to overeat or eat all the time as that I had. I grew up as an only child with two naturally thin, actually they were skinny, alcoholic parents. And sometimes they just weren't available to me. And I learned at a young age to make sure that I had what I needed. Of course, when I was four, that was a little bit more challenging. But by the time I was eight, by golly, I could I could do for myself. But I, there were times when we didn't have much, and then there came a point, the first food-related trauma I can remember. When I was a child, my stepfather just disappeared for several months, and we never talked about it. He just showed up one day. He was back, and we never talked about it. Both of them are dead, long dead. And I never did find out from my mother what happened. I had decided, I think he was probably in the brig. He was military. And I said he was an alcoholic. So I think he probably did something naughty and ended up in the brig because he just disappeared one day. And then he just reappeared months later. And in that time, we ran out of food, literally ran out of food. And my mother, who was a proud woman, uh, walked to the social services office to get us help. And that was just a very shame-producing thing for her because we weren't like that, you see. But I remember her showing me the refrigerator and the cabinet with nothing in it. And what I remember deciding at that young age was that, by golly, I was going to get away from these nutty people one day, and I was never going to be without again. And that wasn't just about food. That was about everything in life. And as I said, we didn't have much, and when I asked for something, I was usually told, no, you don't appreciate what you have. You don't deserve what you have. Grow up, get a job, buy it yourself. And so I did, and that extended to everything. Boy, oh boy, did I learn how to grow up and buy it myself. Um, I was naturally skinny for a very long time, and whatever I did eat, I mean, there were no consequences. Um, As a teenager, I started to put on a little bit of weight, and as I said, I I had two naturally skinny parents. And so I was 5'10", when I got to 150 pounds, um, they were both, you know, murmuring about how I was, you know, kind of packing on the pounds there. And so I came to believe that 150 pounds was fat for 5'10". And a few years later, I became a professional model, and 150 pounds was definitely fat for 5'10". But I had I had lost weight by then. Uh, and then I had to get very, very thin in order to model uh, during the season. So restricting is still not my jam. It isn't. I'm not really good at restricting. I've done it a few times in my life, and I've lost a great deal of weight when I've done it, but I never liked it. It's not where I want to go. 
one of the reasons I couldn't figure out how I ended up here is because I've never been a volume eater, at least not as an adult. I can remember as a teenage girl eating with the boys and being competitive, and teenage boys can eat a lot, and I can remember being competitive, but it was just fun and games. That wasn't my norm. And as an adult, I've not been a volume eater. I ate all the time. I ate like I drank, which was all day. If I was conscious, I was drinking when I was drinking back in the day. And then it moved to food, and I just ate all the time. Just snacked, 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 snacked. All the time. If I was conscious, I was headed to the refrigerator. And it didn't matter what my mood was. It's just what I did. I ate to reward myself. Oh, I finished a work project project. So off to the kitchen. Um, all I need to refill my water. Well, I might as well have a bite while I'm here. I mean, I just ate all the time. And and so I've been asking myself a question, you know, have I been an emotional eater? Well, duh, yeah. But you know, the one emotion that I wasn't really conscious of for a long time was loneliness. I didn't really start to pick up weight and hold on to it. I mean, in my uh, 20s and 30s, I mean, my weight might fluctuate a little bit, maybe 10 pounds. But like I said, I was very tall, so that was not really an issue. And then in my 30s, I can remember at one point getting to 160 pounds, and I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm this big. And I lost that weight quickly and kept it off. It wasn't until I was in my 40s in graduate school, uh, about to change careers alone. Uh, my son went off to the Marine Corps in that time, and I was alone in a big house with his two cats and the refrigerator and the pantry. But I was busy. I was in graduate school, then I changed careers, so I had a new job, and I was busy. I was busy, 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 busy. So I didn't allow myself to feel the loneliness. I didn't allow myself to feel the emptiness that I was not prepared for. I got pregnant in college, had that kid, and um, raised him by myself, and he was my life. He was my everything. And when he was gone, what I had was my new career and my newly minted graduate degree, <clears throat> and a whole lot of expectations. The marriage did not last, um, and there I was. I was alone. But I didn't acknowledge it at all. I didn't acknowledge it. And so I just snacked, 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 ate, 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 worked, 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 worked. As I was approaching my 50th birthday, uh, I weighed a lot. Now, my highest weight that I know of was 291. And I think that probably is the highest. Um, but at that point, I was not quite, I think I was more like 250 or something like that at that time. But that was a lot of weight. And I thought, this is crazy. I'm almost 50 years old. I got to do something about this. And I was doing really, really well, the new vocation and all of that. Because, you know, I'm a workaholic, so I, the, we live in a society that rewards that. And I thought, i got to get busy. And so that's what I do. I know how to get busy. By golly, I know how to make a plan and execute. I had a little Jack Russell Terrier. My son's cats died, and I got a little Jack Russell Terrier. And he was overweight, too, not surprisingly. Uh, they tend to go together. And boy, oh, boy, we walked that weight off. He was about 20 pounds. The vet was very upset. 
Jack Russell's really shouldn't weigh more than 12, 15 at the most, and so he was 20 pounds. And uh, he walked off five pounds, and I, by exercising two hours a day, uh, I walked off 68 pounds and uh, was feeling pretty good about myself. I got a big promotion, uh, changed locations, changed homes, changed towns, changed everything. And guess what happened? <laughs> oh, the weight magically came back because I stopped severely restricting and exercising two hours a day. Now, to make a long story short, between the ages of 50 and 60, I did that three times. I lost a tremendous amount of weight three times by severely restricting and exercising two hours a day. But it, that's not sustainable for me. Maybe it is for somebody, but it's not for me. And when I stopped doing that, the weight came back, and it came back with interest. And so in terms of my emotions, you know, every time I changed jobs, every time I got a promotion, of course, there was all this pressure to succeed. Of course, the pressure was coming from me, always was coming from me. Um, and so I would just start to munch, 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 munch all the time. And I learned uh, the third time I lost more than 50 pounds that I can binge on anything. Uh, that was shocking to me. There was a point where I was working with a nutritionist and she decided, you know, let's do no flour, no sugar and see what happens. And I did that for 90 days and I gained weight. She couldn't believe that I would gain weight by because she thought sugar was my problem. Turns out food is my problem. Um, I thought it was a solution because it always made me feel better, but it turned into a problem. But I was binging on Brussels sprouts. I was binging on carrots. I was binging on broccoli florets and cauliflower. I would, um, you know, just steam these vegetables in the morning, a big thing of vegetables, and, and I would just munch on them all day long, all day long. I mean, what could possibly be wrong with vegetables? So I have a disease of more. Whatever it is, if it's good or good for me or good to me, I want more of it. I've been thinking about the 10th step a lot lately because I just finished a five-week um, 10, uh, 10, 11, and 12-step workshop with someone in a fellowship, and it was really very good and very helpful. And then the other day, I had an upset on a meeting. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine something happening on a meeting that would upset me? Uh, but, it, it, but it did. Um, and there's a reason that meetings have crosstalk, no crosstalk rules, because um, people can do harm with that, even when they mean well. But in this particular case, the person did not mean well. It was delivered to me. It was about me. It was for me. And my ego just kind of went, oh, no, she did not. Oh, no, she did not. Do you know who you are dealing with? Do you know the pain I am capable of causing in your life? Do you have any idea? Because that's what I was like 40 years ago. I mean, I prided myself on being able to rip people a new one, on leaving, you know, roadkill. And I haven't lived like that for a long time. I have no desire to live like that. But in that moment, I felt so betrayed. Why? Because it was a meeting. It was an OA meeting. I'm supposed to be safe in an OA meeting. This isn't supposed to happen here. And my three-year-old, my inner three-year-old was stomping her feet and, and screaming, <sighs> 
Uh, in that 10th, 11th, and 12th step workshop that I went at, I learned about an, an app called Rapid Step 10, which I love. I love this because I've always believed that, you know, step 10 is a walking around. You do it all the time. It's not just an end of the night thing for me. End of the night, I'm usually exhausted. But I do it, you know, on an ongoing basis as needed. But I love this Rapid Step 10 because it really gets into the fourth step and all that stuff that we did back then and pulls it back out. Um, and so I just went off camera because it was a Zoom and did that rapid step 10. And when I came back, there were a bunch of private chats to me from other people. I don't believe she did that. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Are you okay? So that was nice. It was nice to be affirmed that, you know, I wasn't just, that my reaction wasn't, you know, uh, inappropriate. I mean, what I did was I just said, you know, I passed and I went off camera. But the power, of that rapid step 10. I have tools today in this program. I did not need to run to the refrigerator to get something cold and creamy and sweet. I didn't even need my beloved Brussels sprouts. I didn't need to eat at it. And three years ago, four years ago, what it was, 21 to 24, okay, three years ago, oh, that definitely would have been an occasion for me to go to the refrigerator. Again, I was never a volume eater, but I certainly would have gone to the refrigerator for some kind of snack to make myself feel better as I mentally ripped this person a new one. But I have no desire to live like that. I have no desire to harm anyone, not that other person and not myself. Um, in step 10 and the um, the OA 12 and 12, it says on page 72, in taking daily inventory, we seek to become increasingly aware of our true motives and emotions. And that's significant to me because I grew up in a rather dysfunctional and chaotic and violent. They were violent drunks. Police were called a lot. So I, I didn't, the only emotions I kind of really had any connection to was anger. You know, I mean, I knew anger because they were angry people when they were drunk. But we didn't talk about feelings. They were not encouraged. They, neither parent was affectionate. And so I grew up really not having a good handle on my emotions on any given day. I couldn't tell you what I was feeling if you'd asked me. So in taking daily inventory, we seek to become increasingly aware of our true motives and emotions. We seek to examine our actions, in particular to identify where we were resentful, dishonest, fearful, self-seeking, and inconsiderate, so we can learn from our mistakes and build on our successes. And in that rapid step 10, it, it takes you through, just like with the four-step inventory. So I get to look at my part in this. So that person did what they did, but why, did, why was my reaction so outsized? Well, because I'm not fixed yet. I'm not finished yet. I'm still human. I still have feelings. But at least I could then, with that rapid step 10, get a hold of what really was going on with me. And as I said a minute ago, it came down to I felt so betrayed because I thought I was in a safe place. And so it just felt like a real betrayal. If that had happened someplace else, I probably wouldn't have reacted as strongly. But I heard somebody say a wise I... person thank you, many years ago, uh, that, what was I thinking? This is why I turned myself. Um, oh, many years ago, I heard someone say 
we become what we do repeatedly. And that's why this daily inventory is so important to my recovery. That is why getting up in the morning and reading from Voices of Recovery and Abstinence and the Sexuality and Body Image book and the, um, the Overeaters Anonymous book, I read from five different program sources every day. That's how I start my day. Um, I become what I do repeatedly. And so my, um, my plan of eating is very simple. I have three moderate weight and measured meals a day, a snack if I want one. And it's amazing to me how often I don't want one. Um, and my weight loss is slow and steady. And that's how I want it because I know what it is to lose a lot of weight rapidly. And I know what it is to gain it back rapidly. And I was, uh, I'm back at the point, I'm back at the beginning of the uh, Overeaters Anonymous book, and I was reminded, I'd forgotten that, you know, Roseanne literally got kicked off the board for because she had gained weight, and then she gained a lot more. And, um, but her, and her weight loss was much slower after that trauma. And that just reminded me, what works for me is what works for me. I have to be true to myself. I become what I do regularly. And so I regularly work this program. I regularly do service. That is a keystone of my program. I regularly um, read the literature. I regularly do my 10 steps, take daily inventory. And when I am wrong, promptly admit it. I regularly do the things that lead to, to a sane life. The food was not a solution. And so today, I, for me, I have to enjoy what I eat. I cannot make myself eat a bunch of stuff just because it's low calorie. That is not the life that I want to live. I want what I do to be sustainable for the rest of my life. And so far, that is what I'm doing. So I, and I, I, I do 30 minutes on the treadmill every day, um, six days a week, excuse me, I take Sunday off. Uh, and I do 10 or 15 minutes of some kind of strengthening or stretching uh, or body work. And that's, that's what I do now. But it took me a while to get back to that because I was so concerned about falling back into that diseased pattern of I got to work out two hours a day and burn every calorie I've taken in my body. It was sick. It was really sick. How I gained more than 100 pounds was sick and how I was trying to lose it was sick because I was trying to do it on my own. And what I know is I cannot do this on my own. I need you all. I have made such wonderful friends in this fellowship. Uh, and one person who, who has their own issues, not my business, um, cannot undo that. And I know that today. I don't have to say, ah, oh, that overeaters anonymous was just a big lie, and then retreat to the food and snack my way you know, back up to all the weight that I've lost and then gain more because that's been my pattern. So I'm just going to keep coming back. Thank you for letting me share. I'm C, and I live in Central Maryland. So this is my email. C-E-E, Central, M as in Mary, D as in David, at gmail.com. C-E-E, C-E-N-T-R-A-L, M as in Mary, D as in David, at gmail.com. Thank you for letting me share.
Mark, if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Can't hear. And I haven't heard the announcement that the recording has stopped. Mark, are you muted? Can the dashboard person turn off the recording? 